0: Who I am, this is Heath Burr back again, and my next guest really doesn't need any introduction. He's a really powerful, amazing human being who decided to sit in front of the microphone. If you're wondering why I don't have the soothing Barry White voice this year or this week, or this moment is because I have lost my voice. Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, by the way. So we've done a lot of screaming, laughing, yelling, talking around here, and so I'll probably do less talking. We'll all be listening to Matt which is the best idea ever. And I want to introduce you all. Matt, here you are. Thank you, Heath, thank you for having me. So this is a really gut-wrenching conversation I'm thinking I'm gonna have with you because this is part of the youth series. have already heard the last podcast with my son, about five or six or seven people who are like 25 and under. So this isn't a podcast for 48-year-olds and above, right? Like that's what the analytics tell us right now, right? And that makes sense, and I get that. But we're talking to human beings of all ages, and humans are ageless. Would you agree with me on that? I would agree with you on that. When I say humans are ageless, I'm meaning like you think you can actually offer a worthwhile opinion to the world right now, and people should listen to it.
1: I can, because it's not a matter of living physically. You have your spirit. That's a, Okay.
0: So, see, my point times 10, exactly. Get ready for what you're about ready to hear. All right. Mixed messages. Here we go, guys. We're really just trying to get out of our own way. That's why we're here all the time. Anybody who's decided to join us again, got the little ping and the little notification, little thing that said hit play and you played it and it's on the microphone you are with us right now i promise you that you're in the exact same place we are matt would you feel that with them you're right at home with us i mean we are at home together and we're just trying to tackle through the same problems same concerns same desires same fucking conflicts trying to get to harmony so here we are and matt and i are going to have a discussion Within the youth range, here, under 25, that's right?
1: Under 25 is what you said, yes.
0: Under 25 years old, human experience, love is dead. Love is, like, what's love? Like, where is it? What does it mean? Like, who's doing it? What do they even think they're doing? That's what Matt has to say, all right? So, welcome to the Mixed Messages show. Welcome to the conversation about love is dead. Matt. What the fuck do you have to say about this?
1: There's a lot I could say, but I want to touch base on one topic. The fact that you said love is dead in this day and age, in this generation, it is very true. And I do have experiences on this, and I cannot wait to tell you.
0: Well, I want to hear a story. Let's start with storytelling, right? Like I told you, right? Tell me the very first story that comes to mind that is timely and it's, you know, wants to unfold in this interview about when you had a sense that love was dead or that you tasted love was dead or that you were deceived by love. Like, what's the story? Who's the human? Where were you at? Why would you come to this conclusion?
1: Well, it was with my most recent ex-girlfriend. It was probably a year ago. And I was dating her for quite a while. We really hit it off. We hit a spark. And I felt like it was truly a thing. A spark can feel like a thing, right? And exactly. it's to throw that out there. Yeah. But over time, everything decided to unfold in ways that I couldn't even imagine. And I felt deceived by the fact that I was thrown to the side without any real consideration, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, well, it makes sense. I mean, I'm a man talking to a man. I like to consider myself a man's man who loves women. You love women too. All of them. We're both heterosexuals, by the way, everybody. It's not a gender thing. It's just we're men who love women. Man, you're a man, right? Yes, I'm a man. We're talking man to man. Yes, we are. Okay, so you were engaged to a woman. Mm -hmm. You decided to put a ring on it. I tried. You tried, right? You said, I'm all in, right? I put all my
1: cards on the table.
0: You put the chips in. Yeah. Pushed them across the table, right? And I tried Here's what what you're getting with me. And if you say yes, I'll give you the best of me, right? As I
1: know of you. Is that what it looked like? Yes, it truly did. All right. And then that went to shit in a way. Right. It went to crap in in a handbasket real quick. Okay. And then you had a bitter taste in your mouth about love. I'm still salty about it, but yes.
0: Right. But do you think that that's what we're going to spend the whole rest of the podcast talking about, about how like your girlfriend, like, you know, your fiance pissed you off and you think love is dead or do you have something more to say?
1: I have something more to say. I'd like you to share that with us. Well, it's not a fact of the matter that you should give up just because... I might have, you have to get back up and make sure that you aren't deceived again. You have to get up, you have to understand that everybody makes mistakes, including yourself, and you have to forgive yourself for doing that. If you never forgive yourself, you will never be able to move past what you have done. You took a pause, so I'm gonna take advantage of it, right? I launched a kink apparel
0: line. I launched it because I never wanna feel shame again. I feel like shame is the greatest enemy to the heart and i work for hbo and at&t and all these like you know pretty conservative coolio companies right and probably nobody wants to like you know be like oh Heath's into bdsm <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> i'm not gonna you know embellish as to how much i'm into bdsm or not my point was is that if i have a, a fascination with power exchange and street art and i decide to creatively express myself in that arena You should be allowed to, yes. And I brace it under the umbrella of BDSM, right? AT&T shouldn't fire me, should they?
1: No, they shouldn't.
0: And they shouldn't think less of me. No, they shouldn't. And my Christian aunt shouldn't think less of me.
1: They don't have a right to judge. I just don't think so, right? I think so as well.
0: And so that was my coming out of the closet, right? That was my, my act of love. say, I believe shame is an enemy and a warrior of an open heart. And so I will come out first and just let everybody know. It's scary. And I'll tell you this. I know this is what you weren't expecting to talk about, you know. And you're expecting to talk because you're an amazing talker. This is where we're on a podcast, right? And so, you know, it's scary because, like, you know, the only thing that I've ever worried about in all my life, more than anything, is my children. And so you come out of the closet as a potential BDSM person, you know. Like you spank people or something, like something weird that people make up. I mean, that might lose you your kids.
1: And the first thing that comes into your mind is, oh, crap, what are my kids going to think? Exactly.
0: What are my kids going to think? Or am I going to lose them? Or are they going to have to stick up for me for something that they shouldn't have to? Or like a million things comes to my mind, right? About why this is the worst idea ever, which is why we're on this show. I mean, who admits this shit out loud? That's why I'm here. This is like, don't say this, Heath. Like, this is like the worst idea ever. But I'm operating on vulnerability. I'm operating on wanting to be fully alive and awake and realized. I believe that we all have one common thread and purpose that has been handed to us by the hand of God and is that we all want to be fully utilized. We want to give our gifts and have them make the most impact on life and have everybody receive them. I used to think we wanted to be fully understood, and so it was—it was trivializing this conversation with myself for like twenty years, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we all want to be understood." Matt just wants to be understood. I mean, like someday I'm going to be able to shut him up when I tell him, "Yeah, Matt, you're right. You're like smart, and you're going to believe me when I say that," and then he'll just shut up and be cool and humble. But I realize that's not what Matt really wants. He doesn't want to be understood. As a matter of fact, he doesn't give a fuck about being understood. And I don't use foul language on this show very often, but you want to be fully utilized. You want to be the best you, bring the best you, and have the best you shine in the world, and experience that with love and life and everything else, right?
1: Truthfully, what I really want out of life is just for people to like me, and if they don't, that's fine. I do not care. You're right. I don't give a flying fuck if I've understood or not. My point is I will display whatever I want to display and be happy with what I want to be happy with. And if people got a problem with it, then they can change, not me. Yeah,
0: we're going to get there. You're going to realize that what you're really presenting, in my opinion, is that embrace the full me and your life's going to be better. I'm Matt. Hear me roar, right? So, okay. I mean, we love to just kind of do a dance here, right? But we'll get back to the topic and that's my job to keep us on it. So, um, love is fucking dead. I mean, really? Okay. So I'm not dating in your world. Uh, I'm not interested in sharing any of my dating stories. If you bring some stories out of me in this show, that'll be very exciting. Cause they will be things that I will feel are parallel with yours. And then that will show the generational gap and the deltas and show that we are all ages. Right. But you're a man under 25, correct? Correct. And you're talking about significant matters of the heart and life. Yes, I am. And you actually think you have a shit, anything shitty to say that would actually make a difference for any human being. You believe in yourself. You actually believe that you're at the mic because somebody might gain something from you for what you have to say.
1: I believe I'm at the mic because I believe I can offer information as to insight as to why people think love is dead these days. And I can offer valid opinions that have a story behind them in order to help people fully grasp what I'm saying.
0: That's right. So let's get started. All right. Okay. So first experience, you got it from the kind of wife experience you share with us. Mm -hmm. Take us through this. What's your thought?
1: All right. My very first thought on that topic is I didn't exactly think that it was going to go anywhere up until I decided to get a ring. And up until that point, I felt happy. I felt prideful. I felt joy. I felt everything under the sun except for sadness. But it all just took a turn very quickly. And within two months, I had my ring back and everything was just sad.
0: So why does your breakup in
1: your little moment in time mean that love is dead for the rest of the world? Because it shows that anything can go to crap in a matter of a second. It doesn't matter how long you've built it up. It can be squandered within a day.
0: That's a... So let's dig into that. So you think you have
1: the world in the palm of your hands.
0: When you're in In, love. in a
1: moment... And particularly when you're in love, right? Everything feels timeless. Everything feels happy. Everything feels joyful. Okay. It's a wonderful feeling.
0: I kind of grouped that in the world of life is a straight line up Mm -hmm. for anybody who believes it. Right. Yes. And I've come to agree that I've come to to the terms in my own life, that life is not a straight line up, but like I go down and up and down and up. Right. It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Right. But you know, when I think about what you just said, it was like you had bird in hand, Your whole life was ahead of you. You felt like you could do anything. You could conquer the whole planet Earth because you had your woman and you were in love and there was nothing that could go against you. Mm -hmm. And then it went to shit in a day and you didn't have that anymore. Is that what you're saying?
1: Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Everything can just be thrown away these days. There's no real trust. Nobody wants to build anything.
0: Okay. Let's take trust and building in two separate categories. Would you mind? No, I don't mind at all. Okay, great. So... I'm tempted to go with trust first, but I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say building first, okay? Like, I think it's a more natural conversation. So I know the version of building, which means I swipe you right on Tinder, I like you, I get through two dates, we try to play gentleman and lady, I wonder if we have chemistry, which means, are you fuckable? And we both decide that we have chemistry, we get through three dates, and on the third date we say, okay, we should just take it to the bedroom. and see what we got, right? That feels terribly unloving and courting to me, right? You know, even though it's like, it's a formula, other people are thriving on it, right? But to me, that's kind of the anti-love. It's kind of the anti-romantic. And I don't know what you're saying, but like, I wanted to preface that I'm not coming into this conversation like completely blindsided, right? Like, I'm adding my little taste and flavor to that to say that it's been awkward for me too, to understand where is the love. So why don't you hit us with your best shot about what you think this whole love thing is and why is it so lacking right now?
1: Love in general is supposed to be a thing that was so special back in the day and over time it doesn't seem like it exists anymore because of all these dating apps that have come up like Tinder and Hinge and I don't know if anybody out there likes this, but Grindr?
0: No, we have gay and of all the genders all the sexualities of the show, right? Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome, right? And we'll just add that right now for a second, right? So when I mention these gender things, I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm terribly bad at that. But what I do say is like, you know, I'm acting as the masculine. Mm -hmm. You're a masculine male, right? Yes. Okay, so we're two masculines on the microphone. And we know that there's one other energy out there called the feminine, Mm -hmm. right? And so we have masculine and feminine in this world that we're living in, right? Yes. And we don't know if that's a man who's playing the masculine or a woman who's playing the masculine. We don't know if it's a female who's playing the masculine or playing the feminine, right? We don't know. They can all be all that. But we can talk freely about our version of masculine and feminine. We are just typical in our whatever sexuality as according to the world right yes you like women i like women we're both men and that's our thing but we're not apologizing and nor are we excluding anyone in that conversation is that correct
1: no we're not excluding anyone and we're not going to apologize for being what we are that's right i lick pussy and i like it who doesn't okay there you go all right so go ahead all right so love is basically dead because of all these dating apps that have come up like hinge dinder and you can name the rest of them but my point is they swipe right the first thing they want to do is have sex the first thing they want that's their first thought because they associate sex with love but it used to not be that way and now it is because of these dating apps that have come up you sound a little hopeless
0: about love right now you kind of are a non-believer at the moment about the modern day dating scenario and how much love exists. Is that fair to say?
1: You're exactly right about that, but that doesn't mean I won't come back one day.
0: No, no. I mean, we're here on the show because we hope we all come back, right? Yes. But at the moment,
1: you know, love is shit.
0: Is that kind of true?
1: At the moment, love is a big steaming pile of dog shit, okay? Right.
0: Okay, cool. I mean, that's what I wanted to hear. I mean, I, I wanted to get out, flush it out, right? Okay, so... Tell me about a story in your life when you were really loved. Like when you, so that we all can understand that you even
1: know what the fucking word love means. I went through dating between seventh grade and the end of high school. I was dating this one girl. We broke up in our junior year, but that's not my point. My point is we did everything together. We were inseparable. We were at every, every house every day. No matter where we went, we were with each other and that felt truly special, and then it fell off the face of the planet, and I'm very sorry to say that, but just know. Uh, hold on. So we're not going to talk about the outcome
0: of it, right? So you had one beautiful love affair between 7th and 8th grade? Is that what you're saying? No, seventh it was
1: 7th, and then my junior year of high school was when okay, it fell so down. Okay, so a little bounce. Okay, 7th,
0: Seven, 8th, ninth. so two years maybe mm-hmm. of just like euphoria. And then 10th and 11th as well. And then 10th and 11th. Yep. Okay, so as a young man under 25, you've had four years of what felt like euphoria Mm -hmm. in the loved zone. Yes. That's a true story. Yes. That's fucking cool, man. I highly congratulate you. Then I very much appreciate that. Don't you think? Like, I mean, now I kind of get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, it's definitely commendable. I mean, and just to see your face now, I mean, to be honest, is like, I just feel like I know you better. You were loved for four years. Yes. And you loved. Yes. So let me ask you this. I have a theory. Sure. I think a lot of people go kind of, oh, hey, I'm ready for love now, right? I took a break from it, casual sex, was rocking it, being cool, right? But now I'm ready for love, right? And they go out there and they kind of put their efforts at it. But really, I think there's like a really interesting little dynamic here. Most of us, and this is again where it's really exciting to be non-gender. Like I can say things about myself as a man. I'm feeling very masculine and, and going, I know women think the same way, right? And therefore, I know that the feminine in a man thinks the same way and the masculine in a woman thinks the same way, right? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Right, you know? So let's reverse it around a little bit. Building and trust. Those are very, like, crucial words. I mean, and very poignant words. It feels to me like you chose your words wisely. And so building, and I've explained that I get that, like, you know, three dates in the hole. You know, what does building look like for you? And is it missing? Where is it missing? And we're not just talking about dating sites. You're talking about, like, you're friends with my sons. You know what their dating life is yes, like. You I, I know a little about bit it.
1: about what their dating life is exactly. like. I don't know everything.
0: Exactly. I'm just saying, like, right? So we're just <laughs> dealing with, like, we we're talking about this where we know yeah. that more than just what's online. What's building look like?
1: Building looks like these days is nobody's really interested in building. That's my problem. My problem is that People don't want to build things these days. They just want to skip straight to the point. They don't want to really do anything with their lives. They just want to have meaningless encounters with various people, and they don't care. Why would
0: anyone want to do that? That makes no sense to me. Is that really? I mean, you obviously believe this at the moment, and I'm scaringly believing it, by the way, everybody. So why would anyone want to do that?
1: Everybody wants to do that in this day and age because nobody really has a sense of what it really means to be in love and nobody wants to take that risk of getting their heart broken. They're all too scared. They're either too afraid. They don't want to do it. So they just decide that, hey, I'm just going to go out and be this for the night and then I'm going to go out and be this for the night and hopefully I get laid.
0: So we can be interesting and not have our heart broken. That's what you're saying. Yes. Well, that makes sense why people would do it, right? We can get attention and we can be fashionable. And we can, you know, have a great picture and it look like we're living life and we can feel sexy for a minute, but not have to take any risks to be vulnerable.
1: Yeah, there's no real risk to you. And it's minimalized based on the fact that it's probably a person you're never going to meet again.
0: Okay. I was just telling Michelle that I think you're probably one of the most principled persons I've ever met, right? So I'm not even going to go into all the complexities of what you might think about that. So are you running from intimacy right
1: now? no i'm not i'm staring it dead in the face at the minute i found somebody that i want to try to build something with again
0: okay well we're going to cover that on the next podcast but we're not going to talk about it at all tonight i don't think unless it actually absolutely has the flow gotcha. because i want your inner soul like i want your story of your life i'm hoping we can keep the people out of it for a minute
1: understood okay
0: so now trust i mean you said that was another thing yep what's not to trust what's the missing
1: The fact that people don't want to put their faith in one another anymore, it kind of just seems like it's dead now. The fact is, the matter is, people, again, it circles back to not wanting to take any risks. You're putting your faith into somebody that may not even exist. What does trust look like? Trust to me is when you can turn your back on somebody, and then when you ask them to do something for you, they would do it. For example, if you ask somebody, for example, and they trust you, they would go and do it for you as a favor, and then you can pay it back later but if they don't trust you, they will say no.
0: What does trust mean intimately with an intimate partner? Like what does that look like?
1: It's when you guys share your innermost secrets and you make sure that there are no secrets between you guys and everything is known. That way you don't hide anything and the other person knows you as well as you know them. And then they have a secret bond in order to keep it them between itself, you know?
0: So that's pretty fascinating because I've always felt like trust or intimacy means into me, you see, and it's, Pretty much you just said the same thing. That's very clever. I mean, I wasn't trying to be clever, I hate clever. To be clever is like my downfall if I choose it, right? But into me you see, and that's what you just said. Trust is, you see all of me, you're still choosing me, I see all of you, and you're still choosing me. Is it an accurate assessment of what I feel like you just said?
1: That is a very accurate assessment. I really liked that, that was a really good way to put it. It was a very mind-opening experience for me. Yeah,
0: so I think trust is a beautiful thing. We all know it. We just don't know how to protect it like the Ark and the Covenant kind of thing, right? Yes. And none of us want our trust to be broken because once you feel it, it's not like trust is like a job or a duty or a thing. It actually trust is like a, an emotional, overwhelming, awesome feeling, is it not?
1: Yes, it is. Tell me who you trust. I trust you. I trust Gabe. I trust your sons. I trust go beyond that like the closest people in your life. The closest people I would say right now is my dad and then it's you and then it's your sons and then it's Alex and then so on and so forth.
0: Okay, so you have a trust path. Yes. And you trust your dad. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second because that's intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. That's trust, that's all agreements, right? Yes. A, a lot of young men don't trust their dads. You know, but you do. So, can you tell us a little bit about what you went through physically and health and a little bit what it was like growing up with your dad and then the whole physical stuff you went through. Take your time, like, you know, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, right? Tell us your
1: story. Well, I'm not going to say my entire story, but I no, will. No, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I will start off by saying that, yes, this is all true. And I hope that you guys can see the true me. I don't have to hide anything. Into me, you see, baby. Intimacy. Into me, Intimacy. you see. Intimacy. Right. So I moved down here when I was a young kid. I just got away from my mom and I was, you know, in a really bad place. And my dad took me in because he has never once lied to my face. And I felt that trust. I didn't feel it right away because I've been told some things that he didn't exactly say. It felt different to me because I was down here in a whole different environment I didn't know anybody I didn't have any friends I didn't really have any people I could rely on besides my family and even that I couldn't trust them so over time I'm gonna fast forward a year it was after a year that I've been here I felt open because my dad showed me that he was never going to hurt me he was never going to lie to me
0: Wow okay how does that show up when somebody shows you that what was a significant moment where that appeared
1: It was in 2017 when I finally needed my liver transplant because it finally died on me. He was there the whole time. Repeat, you needed a liver transplant. Yes, I needed a liver transplant. And you got one. Three. Yeah. Carry on. All right, so I got my liver transplant in 2017. They discovered my liver wasn't working back in 2015, the end of 2017. My point is... I ended up getting my liver transplant, and I'm very grateful for it. But my dad never left my side all through that; he was there. Loyalty. Yes. Loyalty. Yes. Loyalty gave you that feeling. Is what you're saying? Yes, it did. It was also trust because I knew what he said. It yeah, was. We're truthful. itching at what is trust, right? Like yes. You're saying
0: like love is lost and trust and what was the other thing and building and building are like, like two critical criteria that are not there there anymore that are like a big missing. Right. (laughs) Exactly. They're not there anymore. (laughs) Right. So, so this was a moment where like loyalty comes into play, came into play and proved trust to you and trust must've allowed you to love more. And I'm guessing his loyalty to you and his his commitments to you and you loving him back must've had him love more. Right. Now, he's a strong guy, as I understand it. Yeah, I have not met him yet, you know, but...
1: You will soon.
0: I will, and he knows that you're my mine. I, you know, we've claimed you over here. Mm-hmm. But that means that we respect him and what it goes, Yes, right? of course. You know, That's what I mean, you know. But um, what happened after you guys kind of had this moment of reckoning?
1: Well, after that, after I got my liver transplant, he was helping me recover. And after I got recovered is when I graduated high school, and throughout that whole time, even when I needed something, he proved himself to be loyal and trust in that entire time. There was not a second that I felt that he would slip. Wow. I mean, how many years are we talking? here? 2015 to present. So all that time, even before then. Wow. I mean, you heard it here first, people. I mean, it's
0: possible, right? It's very possible. You can really not let a person down. And that sounds like what your dad did. He made his best effort. To not let you
1: down. He went through hell and back for me, and I feel like I owe him for that. Jesus. Don't worry, I'll pay him back. (laughs) I mean, I'm, you know, I'm I'm worried about me choking up. You shouldn't, man. It's all right. You're allowed to be yourself here. Yeah, I get that. Thank you. No problem. It's my house. (laughs) It's your life. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) You're allowed to be yourself here, man. That's what it's all about. Thank you so much for that.
0: Yeah, no problem. So now you have your dad. He built a thing called trust. Yes, he did through loyalty, and that was a building. I mean, he built that, or is yes, building different. Or, so that was trust. What's building? What he did your dad built build that with trust? You? With he me. built that trust with you, right? Exactly. Okay, so build uh, loyalty and trust equals trust. That's kind of a breakthrough here for That's a moment. Right?
1: That's more or less the equation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. That's why we do the show, right? Because you know who talks about this. And if we don't, we're just never gonna to get to these equations. We'll never really kind of quite say them out loud for ourselves, and we never get to share them with the world.
1: There might be some people out here that need to
0: hear this. It might be, right? I mean, Who knows? We're, we're at like three now, so. Exactly. I mean,
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, so. All right, uh, let's get back on topic. Let's get back on
0: it. Okay, so now, what is one of the times you felt love when somebody built it? Now we learned that somebody could earn your trust through loyalty by building it. But I still feel like there's more to this building thing based on what you've said. And again, we're in the cave of almost absence of love. We can't even breathe even the fabric of it right now. So help us here, people. Understand we are grieving because love is the answer and we know it, but it's shite. It ain't happening, right? And so... What's the building love story for you? Can you share a story when somebody actually grew and
1: groomed love? Or is that just in your mind? Is it just a fantasy? I can explain something because this is actually a great story. It was when my stepmom came into my life. I didn't know her. She was a total stranger. She was just dating my dad as far as I knew. And as far as I could tell, I couldn't trust her. But she's been in my life since 2008. And she has never once showed me that she will stab me in the back. She built trust with me
0: like not by being by your side clenching your hand through like liver connection death version no. it was this was like just day-to-day base hits exactly and saying i am consistent and i hope someday you'll believe that and trust that so i'm yes. willing to build a relationship with you exactly i mean i ask for an example and you give it right so yes. so far like you like, like whether well, that's what's happening asking you shall receive that's right it is it's kind of like that right yes Okay, so then I think it's fair to say you know what building love looks like and you know what trust looks like and you know what love looks like is what you just shared with us, right?
1: I would say yes. Yeah,
0: you've experienced all three. You've been able to share very crystalline examples of what those might look like or what they do. And so now we're lost a little bit. We're sad. What are we sad about? We're sad that love doesn't exist. Yeah, that's fucking sucking sad, okay? Like, we are sad (laughs) about that, okay? Yes. Now, I want to just shit on that every way above and beyond. just want to scream like Sam Kinison right now. And I don't want to vent. Our audience doesn't really want to hear that, right? But I think what we need to kind of like all grip on here is, okay, first, if love doesn't exist, is it coming back? Do you have faith that it's coming back? Or we need to put this kind of work into it to get it back? I mean, I'm going to believe you that it's gone but let's talk about it coming back. I don't want it to just be
1: like all doom and gloom. There has to be a recession of love in order for it to bloom again. And in order for it to bloom again, there has to be a way for people to see that it exists again. And if you can't show that it exists, well it's gonna stay in that recession, that non-receptive state, it's gonna feel like it doesn't exist and over time people are gonna disbelieve it. You have to get out there and show people that it still exists you can still build with people, you can still make them trust you, you can still make them like you, and eventually you'll build it up to the point to where it'll bloom again.
0: All right, this is where it gets really fun for me. I mean, now I'm really in the podcast, right? Like, I'm totally enjoying it. Like, what does a life without love look like to you?
1: It's very dark and grim, you feel very lonely, you feel very depressed. No matter what you do, you just won't be happy again. When you say no
0: matter what you do, you mean like, you know, you wake up in the morning, you go grocery
1: shopping, you go to the job, you do things,
0: Tell us more. Love doesn't exist. What does life look like when love doesn't exist? Please take your time. Take like five minutes and embellish,
1: please. Well, based on my experiences, I've always felt very lonely without love. I didn't exactly understand. Yes, like you said, you go to the grocery store. You need to get your food, your supplies, and everything else, but you still don't feel happy inside. You feel like something very deep inside you is missing, And whether you like to admit it or not is not the question. You need to understand that you are not happy. You need to change things. You need to help yourself understand yourself. You can't just sit there and really try to understand yourself without trying to dig deep and figure out what the problem is. You can't just try to smoke it away. You can't just drink it away. You need to fully dive deep into your own mind and understand yourself because if you never do, then you are beyond the help.
0: I love this, and this is, again, why I do this, people, because, I mean, this is fun. I don't know if you guys are having fun, but I am. So, yes, you should not reconcile with anybody through drugs or addictions of any kind. No. And say, it's okay to live a life without love. That's kind of what you just said. Yes, you should learn to be happy without the approval of other people. And you should also realize that you can be tormented if you're living a life without love, and you shouldn't hide from that truth, and that you should tell yourself the truth if you're living a life without love. Is that what I heard you say? Yes, that's
1: exactly what I said. That's what I
0: thought. Let's talk about the demise of Western civilization. Let's assume love is gone entirely, and now we kind of know what it looks like personally. What does
1: love look like gone for the world? Nowadays, nobody's really trying to embrace each other because you know, of everything that has gone on, the number one thing in this world is that We don't connect as much anymore. We don't socialize as much anymore, and I think that's really robbing the grave of love. It is beyond dead, and we're trying to steal from it.
0: Jesus, that is grueling. You are in pain, my friend. Exactly. You are grieving. I mean, like, yeah. You told
1: me not to hold back, so I said, "Man,
0: please keep going." Sorry, just needed. It's
1: okay, but it's like you know. I feel grave robbed. I feel betrayed i feel disgusted with today's society because of the fact that there's no love anymore we put it to rest and then we dug it back up again it's a vicious cycle that needs to have an end okay so wait a
0: minute so okay let's paint that picture in a little bit okay so your aunt don't love you your, your great-grandmother don't love you i mean are we talking about like there's a picture that we all deal with and of course we all can be very self-obsessed and social media has taking us and disconnected us and We're fucked up, people. Like Humanity is fucked up. Humanity is at risk. That's what I'm hearing from this, which is why I'm doing this, which is why if you go look at facebook.com slash humanity podcast, this show has mixed messages, but the podcast is for humanity, right? Yes, it is. I feel like humanity is at risk because if we can't figure out how to love each other and be loved, then we're fucked, right? And you're saying the same thing.
1: Yes, I am because I agree with you.
0: And we don't have to do that here, right? No, we don't. It just means that we may not or we do or we whatever, right? But now we are. Now we feel very protective of humanity. And we're really fucking grieving and sad and, and, and feeling protective over humanity. Yes. And we want them to know that loving each other and being loved and having love be omnipresent in humanity is like our God-given right. And it's in rare order. There's a drought of it. To me, like when they say love is abundant, then there shouldn't be any drought, right?
1: Exactly. Why
0: is there a drought of love when love is abundant? Can you help us with that?
1: Because it goes back to the fact that we're not associating with other people as much these days thanks to everything that we've done for ourselves. We have sheltered ourselves away from other people, so love is abundant, but nobody's taking from it, if that makes sense. Nobody's drinking from the well. Exactly. The water might be poisoned, but we don't know. Wow. Like, pause, right? I could take a breather on that, right? It's a very hard-hitting topic, though. Let's dig
0: it deeper and darker. Okay. Because okay? I, I, I want to go there. What does life look like? I'm going to ask you the same question again, just darker. What does life look like two years from now when you told us that love was dying, nobody listened, and now it's dead? What's our humanity? What do we look like? What's your day in a life? What's my day in life? What does life look like when we're all dead of love and humanity? Help us paint that picture.
1: Well, we're all pale corpses. We don't really look like we have any life in us anymore. Our eyes have drained of all our happiness, and we're walking around, not even walking. We're shambling around, acting like we're okay, but in reality, we all know we're not okay, but we can't address it with each other because we don't know that feeling anymore. We have lost that sense of humanity to where we can trust and love and build things with other people, so we all become social outcasts. To the point to where we are so afraid of interaction, we will go to any lengths to avoid it. Tragic is what
0: you're saying. I mean, that's a tragedy. Very. Really great picture, really precise painting. You're very present here tonight, and you're giving your best. 110%. You surely are. The audience, I do not have to dig us into a darker place, right? I mean, you spoke it into reality, and I think we all know that's true. Yes. So what does life look like in this year, not two years from now, where we still have love at our grasp, it's kind of wobbly and static and frenetic and it's, you know, it's hard to grasp, but it's happening still, right? So you still have color in your skin. I still have color in my skin. So whatever our versions of love, they're still happening. What does life look like and how is it handed to us to bring it back stronger than ever before?
1: Well, if you really want to dive deep into that topic, I would say it takes the few to teach the many how to love again, but instead of doing that we're becoming self-obsessed so those that know love should be going around and teaching it to other people and see if they can learn it too and eventually it'll spread and be abundant again
0: i mean it's that gone you're talking about like it's, it's that far gone that we literally have to go like knocking door to door practically to well, say no. have you experienced love do you remember the last time you did do you even know how to do it anymore but that's what you're saying
1: no i, I think i need to be more clear than that please then. do all right. But I kind of agree with you, right? Like, I'm not challenging That's you here. True. I'm kind of like, that sounds
0: actually right to me. Yes. I never thought about it that way, <laughs> to be honest, right? Like, it's like, holy moly, love is like, you I know, wasn't it, thinking, all right. Do you actually know how to mop your house the perfect way? No, I don't, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, is it vinegar I don't know how or to is it bleach or like I can do partially, but like, your love is kind of the same way. It's like, do you even know if you know what love is, is what you're saying? anymore
1: do you know how to drive despite having your license (laughs) yeah right so
0: so, i mean i think that's really spot on but that's what we're going to say we're going to be like kind of like hopeless at the moment like we started the show but we're going to say we're hopeless but love is still exists
1: yes right and let's circle back to that okay all right the number one thing that i felt like i didn't say before it's not like a door-to-door salesman you have to lead by example by taking a hold of the platforms that people (laughs) handle you can show love on Instagram and Facebook and be whatever. Just be as positive as you can, and hopefully they'll remember. If you don't do that, then that you know love is going to die. But if you show them that it still exists, then maybe it's worth a try. Love by example, exactly. Love.
0: That's what you're saying. Yes. It seems so simple, but yet so hard to do. To say it again, I mean, and I would like you to say it in your own words. Live by example, loving, so other people don't ever lose what loving is. That's what I'm saying. Yes.
1: Say it in your words. Live your life in love by example.
0: Jesus. I mean, that feels approachable to me. Like, if I can have it, it feels approachable.
1: Well, who's the enemy of love? Hate. Hatred and despair are the enemies. I don't agree with that, right? Like do I don't. All right, let's hear it. Isn't that fun? I mean,
0: Matt never takes on a, that doesn't make him go, oh shit, I fucked up from the podcast, and now he's like, let's hear it, right? Yeah, let's hear it. Exactly. So (laughs) I've thought this one through. You've asked me a couple of times how long have you been thinking about this? This is about 22 years. Yeah. Okay. The opposite of love is
1: indifference. That is a very helpful insight. Would you please give me more detail? If I hate somebody, I love them. I'm raging. I'm hurt.
0: I'm grieving. They inflicted pain on me because I loved them. If I'm indifferent, there's nothing there. I don't care about them at all. So Hate might look like it's the opposite of love and it might feel very painful in receiving it, but it's the greatest sign of love you'll ever see. It's actually a greater sign of love than love showing itself in its purest forms. But indifference, that's crushing.
1: That is a very heavy, that actually changes my perspective a little because that makes a lot more sense than being in hatred and despair. That makes much more sense to me and I'm glad you brought this to my attention so I can hopefully learn from it.
0: Right, exactly, cool. And that's why we, again, why we're here, despair and hatred is a feeling, it's a, a neurological pathway, neuroplasticity pathway. You were taught early on, your neurons fired off and said, when somebody shows like they're hating me, I'm supposed to feel hurt and crushed. But the fact, as I've learned, is that that's one of the greatest tricks of the brain. And then we have to send another neuron to meet another neuron. And neurons mate for life. And then they change the map of how we feel. And so if somebody is hating me and in, in despair because of me, or I'm hating somebody and I'm in despair because of somebody, I'm madly in love. And that's not gender. I'm in love with them as a friend, a coworker, a job, a lover. But indifference, now that, is to me the dark night and the absolute crucial enemy of the heart
1: i feel like indifference is kind of what you said but i want to branch off to it in more literal branch into a more literal perspective the number one thing that i wanted to understand about you know indifference is what you said before it's more or less the fact that people just don't feel the way they did before and indifference to me at least it means something different than just not trying to understand people who are different it seems to me that you're saying indifference is more powerful than hatred and you're right on that end however i feel like it could be different i feel like it could be a branch off of hatred but hatred isn't the most powerful one it's just a feeling that's inside of it if that makes any sense if it doesn't i don't care yeah, make it make sense. Reinforce it. All right. Well, for example, if you hate somebody, you don't want to be around them. You don't want to be anywhere near them. You want nothing to do with them. And I'm going to interject and say, because you don't want them to hurt you. Exactly. Which means you love them. In a sense, yes. But you're more or less protecting yourself rather than thinking about them hurting you. Yeah,
0: exactly. But you're protecting yourself. So you're saying you love subconsciously, yourself. Subconsciously, you love yourself. You love them.
1: You love yourself more than you love them, though. So you're distancing yourself. Okay. Yes, but
0: it's not a lost cause. So let's go back to the world of lost cause. The world is absent of love. So we've decided what the world would look like in the future. Two years. Two years if there was no love, which would be like zombie TV shows. Essentially, yes. Basically, right? We're looking at a frenetic experience right now where in 2020, people have gone through all kinds of existential crises. Yes. Right, And there's been an abundance of loneliness and depression has been an abundance of growth and inspiration, right? Like, I mean, everybody's going on their own ride. There's no right ride. Like, if I had told you 2020 was my worst year ever, I'd be okay by telling you that, right? Yes, you would be. And I'm going to tell you that 2020 was actually my best year ever. And I'm okay to telling you that too, right? Yeah, you're all good. Right? So humanity is okay to be down or up. Now, my next question, I preface that because my next question is, what's the high road of bringing love back, man? The high road of bringing love back. Yeah. High road, right? Yes. You're going to take the high road, right? Like you're not going to be anger. You're not going to be devastated. You're not going to be bitter. You're not going to be mad because that's low road. Yeah. You know know that, right? That's, that's some low road thinking it's natural, but the high road is empathetic and you kind of know what's happened and you have to make sense of it. Exactly. You have to be distinguished in it and you have to have character and, you know, and you have to discipline in how you respond and it's taking the high road right it's a different thing right so let's yes. put us all in a world where love is like really on the downslope. it's not trending is what we're saying it's love's, not exactly the most trending, trending thing of the charts right of now. The charts right now right <laughs> and it could be actually at risk for humanity it's an endangered species it's on its way to the endangered species you know list right What's your
1: high road of bringing love back for us? My high road is, of course, like I've said before, living by example. You show people that you you can still be vibeful. You can still be sympathetic and empathetic towards everybody's situation and just be everybody's friend. Try to get their hopes up. Try to get their dreams up. Try to make them feel like they matter. And eventually, you'll succeed. And that's why I think it matters. Building is what you're saying. Yes. Build love. You're building love with other people by showing them that they matter. You
0: explained to us that love is kind of like building love and trust, right? Yes. And your first response to this is, yes, you just, every day you go out there like a carpenter, a gardener, and you show by example what love looks like while you're building it. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. That sounds delightful. That sounds delicious and it sounds approachable, right? It is. So we can build love. We can. And therefore that might help us sustain it on the planet earth and maybe grow it, groom it and blossom someday.
1: Yes. Okay. Trust. Take us down the world of trust, sir prophet. Well, I don't want to claim that I'm a prophet, but I know what I'm talking about. I'm giving about. you that for the moment, better don't
0: claim it because you're too young and I'm too old and we kids don't do that. Right. But yes, I'm giving it to you. <laughs> no, go ahead.
1: I, again. <laughs> <laughs> Just,
0: but I'm saying, go ahead. Yeah. Channel your greatest truth. Cause you know, you're a badass. We need to hear what you have to say.
1: All right, the number one thing that I think a world without trust would be is people sleeping with a gun under their pillow, hoping that people don't try to rob them at the end of the day. Because there aren't any trust, nobody can trust one another, and there'd be a point to where murder would be higher, suicide rates would be even higher, and it would just be a world of total anarchy. There wouldn't be any trust, so that way people couldn't put their faith in one another not to do something to each other, so we'd always be living in fear and paranoia. I may never be able to sit in front of a person who can answer me so so succinctly, right? Like, yeah, it's like
0: a Kurt Vonnegut book. I don't know if you've read his books, but you've just painted the trust thing for me in a way that I've never thought about it before. You've never thought about it like like that before. Not like this, no. You've cracked my brain open, and I'm living in the despair. Like you said, I just kind of talked us out of despair. Yes. Right? And said despair is actually love. So no need for despair. And we dove
1: right back to that pool again.
0: We just went right back into despair. And I'm like laying in the despair, mud-sinking hole puddle, dying, hoping I don't catch, lose my breath any second. Because if I had to live in a world where there was no trust and pretend like life was okay... Life would not be okay. I just can't imagine that world, and I get how lost and hopeless that feels to me right now. What does that make you feel like right now? I mean, like, you just painted it. Carry us on. Tell us more. We're all, like, deviantly, sadistically (laughs) needing this right now. I wouldn't. Further embellish, please. We're living in a world where you don't even trust your mom. You don't trust your girlfriend, and you're taught that that's okay. You should not trust anybody because that's the world we live in, right? Tell us more.
1: If you want me to go deeper into that topic. All right, let's paint it. So the number one thing that I was trying to say before is, you know, we would all be in this state of paranoia and fear by not trusting anyone. And that's totally okay, I guess, because it's been normalized in society to the point to where we have been taught to vibe to it instead of thinking for ourselves. We have been taught to show fear and distrust towards everyone we meet. We never say hi. We never look them in the eye, but we always got a weapon in our hand to make sure that we protect them from everyone. We can't let anyone in, so we stand far away from each other. And if somebody else is in there that we don't like, we end up killing each other. But the fact of the matter is, if in a trustless world, there wouldn't be humanity. We would kill ourselves into extinction before we let our fears overcome us. I feel like that would be a thing.
0: I'm not arachnophobia kind of person. I don't know much about insects, but it sounds like cockroaches.
1: Yeah, except we can't survive a nuclear explosion. <laughs> except that we're more vulnerable. Yes. We're way more vulnerable than a cockroach. Every man out for themselves. Yes just eat and Buggy, bug exist in bug eat world, right? I wouldn't even call us humans by that point. We're parasites. Well, that's why I was calling it cockroaches, yeah. right? Like I would par- say a parasite. Parasites are smarter because they're
0: like in the body and they're doing, I mean, I don't know. I'm still learning a lot about human health, but. That's all right. Let's call them parasites or cockroaches, right? So we would become parasites and cockroaches if we just did not have the capacity to live our life having trust for anyone in our life. And I can tell you, as you paint that for me right now, because remember when we talked about, like, what are we going to talk about and stuff? That's not far off for me. I could see how that could have happened in my life. I could see who that could have happened with in my life. I could see how I would be living that life. And I'm a pretty emotionally abundant person. And I try to call that shit out very quickly so it doesn't happen. So for me, as somebody who is like a fierce warrior for life, like yourself, the fact that I could see how I could slip into that, and how the people I loved and that loved me could have slipped into that. I'm a now believer in your theory, I guess is what I'm saying. So that leaves me with we are in a crisis, and our job is to be love, to save love, right?
1: Live by example.
0: We have to live by example. I've always believed that, like words are cheap kind of thing.
1: Words are not expensive. They're very, very throwaway so to speak,
0: some of them are mixed messages. Words aren't. Yes, is that fair to say? Yeah, I would
1: say it's fair to say the
0: words you put on this microphone tonight were not thrown away words and nope, and
1: not shallow. I thought about everything you said, and you asked me for a response, and I gave you one to the hundred percent.
0: That's right. And the way neurons and neuroplasticity works is if you give people new information and they're inspired, or they're they have a feeling from the new information, they fire off their neurons, and their brains find new neurons. And you can change your life in a matter of minutes, seconds, or years, or whatever, with new information. And so what we're doing is providing a natural conversation about a very serious topic, hopefully providing some new information, but even the conversation might be the new information. Maybe there's a whole bunch of other people out there who didn't think love was dying. Do you think that's true?
1: Yes, I do. There has to be somebody out there that thinks love is abundant still. And they needed to hear this. (laughs) Matt, this has been good for me.
0: You've taught me a a variety of things here, and I'm I'm kind of tragically, romantically heartbroken at the moment in this conversation. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, but it's good because I feel, and I want to feel, and I believe there's a comeback. So I guess I did my job. (laughs) You did your job, right? So let's leave everybody with your optimism if you don't mind me okay kind of guiding you there which is not easy to get out of you by the way everybody who knows matt optimism is not his his core strength okay no it isn't it's not
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so i'm a matt, realist okay yeah y- i don't know what you're gonna call it that's you i you call, call it realism because yeah, I, 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 it it I, I don't i don't <laughs> but I don't. optimism is not our core strength there okay <laughs> <laughs> but, but,
1: Got to call me out like that. (laughs) I I did. It's It's okay. Just
0: to hear you laugh. Okay. Which is (laughs) fine? God damn it. So now I want you to paint a really optimistic story about how you're going to save the world by making sure that we don't lose love. Tell us. All right. Again,
1: I'm going to touch base on.
0: No, no, not again. Take a deep breath. Don't hurry this answer. Oh, you know it? You yeah, I have it. He's like, fuck you, Heath. I'm on. Fuck okay, you. I've got let's it. Let's <laughs> go.
1: Let's go. All right. So the number one thing that I wanted to say is I would be building by living by example. I would be eventually succeeded in showing people that love exists. And eventually they would try it for themselves and know that they were worth the risk. They took the chance. They played the bill. Now they have a successful career. They showed that love exists. I'm painted as some sort of person that can help them find it. And eventually, I'm the guy they come to whenever it's failing. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, number one. What else? It's awesome. Number That's number one, one. You're the doctor of love. The doctor of love. And when Dr. We're, Smooth. We're, hey, <laughs> I can't get my file uploaded. You know, I'm going to call Dr. Love, and he'll upload my file. I can't quite get across my message to my lover, and it's breaking. I'll call Dr. Love, right? Like exactly. You're, you're saying, I'm going to be Dr. Love. And I'm going to help all my people through the most awkward moments of love. Exactly. And then I'm going to live my own by example. I totally get it. Of course. Yeah. I get the, get the, get the, get. Okay. Give me more.
1: The number two thing I should say, it branches off from leading by example. It's not just telling people that love existed, showing them, but on top of that, you need to make sure it's cemented into their head. Otherwise they're going to show They're going to throw all your crap out as staged. You have to make it look real in order for people to understand that love still exists. And even if they don't want to, then it's on them to understand that. I
0: am totally driven to like come and attack you like a lion across the table at the moment on that one. Okay. So take a deep breath and hear my opinion on that. Sure. I don't want you to convince anything of anything ever again in your life. I agree with you. You live by example and the rest of us will have the best life we could possibly imagine because you showed us. Exactly. Okay. So this last piece of you just share with me made me feel like you were telling me that you were supposed to like help us understand an answer. And I know you to be that kind of person, but it turns me off. So you want to regroup on that?
1: Yeah, sure. All right. Back to what I previously said. I didn't mean to put it that way. Let me put it in the way that makes a little sense. I didn't make you wrong, right? No, like you I didn't. Mean, you made me realize what I said and I need to reword it. Thank you. So that way everybody hopefully understands. yourself. Yeah, exactly. It needs some more enunciation. It needs more articulation. So based on that, everybody would have a great life because of that. But it's not only living by example that people can show me it's, I can learn from other people as they have learned from me. I showed them love and they showed me how to do it different ways and different styles. There's not just one style and one way to do it, if that makes sense. Okay, so you're entering in the genius category. I'm like watching
0: a meter on on my digital television right now, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going from like half green to green to green to, you know, to like yellow to red. Oh my God, we got a genius on our hands. So, first is you live it and you show it. And you know that's what you're built to do. Yes. Because you're going to save love because you're going to show love. Yes. Right. And I've always said you give love, you get love. That is how it works. And it's complicated and it's hard and it's weird stuff, but just give love, you get love, right? That's how it works, right? Now you're saying another version of it of where you're like, you've kind of moved into like the job of helping people understand how to architect it.
1: Yes, that is exactly what I did. Right. And I meant it 100%.
0: And so shepherd us through this prophet, like architecting love. Like first you said, I embody it. That's what the first piece tells me. Yes. Yes. I'm going to live it. I'm going to show people. I'm going to be it. Mm -hmm. So I embody love. Yes. And so that seems easy to me now and one of the hardest things to do in your life, and I hope we all live into it, right? Yes. How are you architecting love?
1: You're going to be architecting it by basically having a set plan for just yourself, and then as people come up to you and give you feedback, you write it down to see how many different ways you can do it and hopefully help other people understand it in multiple ways not just one. You give them sort of a different perspective on it instead of just the one that you have. You can give them feedback from other people that they might not have thought of. That makes sense? Keep gone. There's not just one way to think about it. There's millions upon millions of ideas out there that love can be shown in millions of different ways. Uh, you're
0: onto something here and you should go deeper and I don't need to ask a question for it. How do you architect love?
1: You architect the love by exactly what I just said. You take that feedback and you mold it into something that can be useful. If it's not useful, then, you know, you can't exactly do anything with it, but it will one day, so right. keep so it tell in us the back story. of your head.
0: Okay, I get you, I think you're on too, right? Yeah. So let's just assume you've embodied love. All right. So we know Matt's love, right? Yes. And if we have to hang out with Matt, we got to hang out with love. Yes. Because love won't die. Love never dies with me. Right? won't die with you. Never. Right? But now I like to play chess. You at my house right now. You you know I have interests and you have interests and we have shared interests, right?
1: Yes, we do. How do you architect love with me? Well, number one, you invited me over here. You invited me to talk, and I think that shows a lot of love just by wanting me here. And on top of that, I think that just because our shared interests are a thing, that doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. We can disagree but still coexist, and I think that's a thing that doesn't exist in this day in society. If so Just because one person has a differing opinion, that doesn't mean you write them off and call them everything that you want to diss, if that makes sense. You don't want to call them out. You want to help them understand that your perspective might be different, and it might not be one that can or cannot be processed at the minute because they're too young to understand. But at the same time, everybody needs to understand that people have different opinions, and we can all come together because of it.
0: All right, it's my job to keep the show on track, right? Go ahead. So we respect our differences. Yes. And that's love.
1: Agree to disagree.
0: It's an action of love, though. Yes, it is. Go ahead and you know respect each other's differences, right? Yes. So we, we ta- already talked about embodying love. Now we're talking about the actions of reinforcing love, mm-hmm. right? Yes. One of them is we respect our differences.
1: That's what you're saying, right? We understand that people are all not the same. And that we could still love them and that we could be loved. Yes. Through the differences, right? Exactly. That's what I was talking about.
0: I know. I mean, like, I'm <laughs> not, I'm not I got you, to laugh. you were talking about. You did get <laughs> me to laugh. More. We embody it. Now, how do we nurture it? One of the ways we just realized now is that we respect each other's differences. Yes. So we embody love. So let me just share a story with you, like in my life, right? Go ahead. I want to love Michelle. You know, Michelle. Yes, I do. I want to love her. Yep, She's the one out there. He's right there. (laughs) (laughs) And I might not be able to because I may not know how. Can you imagine a world? Do you need help understanding that? I do. Which is why I'm having this conversation with you.
1: All right. Ask me any questions you want to know.
0: I will, but I'm not doing it on this show. We'll do it on the next, right? Yeah. But I'm setting the presence Mm -hmm. is, is that, yes, I'm having this conversation with you because I hope maybe it will help me love Michelle more and better and help me be loved more and better. And then believe it. Trust is a big one for me. And when you say most of the love that I don't of myself receives because I don't trust them, and then I don't trust myself. These are endless little rabbit holes. So I'm just keeping it storytelling like you said. Like, are you going to tell any stories? Are yes. you going to give anything up, right? Exactly.
1: Right? We talked about that. We
0: did, right? So I'm giving it up. This conversation for me is because I want to preserve, learn, be awake in my love for my woman and my children and my family and my friends, you included.
1: Yes. And
0: I don't know that I would be the person that you're going to be talking to after this podcast if I had not done the
1: podcast.
0: And that's why we're all
1: doing the podcast. That's why we're all here. Yeah, we're here to open our own eyes and our own minds. Yes, talk it out loud, instead of just keeping it quiet. Yes, exactly. So it's just bearing it
0: in. Like, and I think that's actually kind of apropos where we're moving is. Is okay. So we have we embody it. We reinforce it. We reinforce it by actually trusting the other people and giving them, you know, like recognition that we actually think that they're living into it. What else? How else can we reinforce love?
1: Well, that's four out of the five that I think is possible. And the fifth one would be to just do your best that you can to try to show people that it's not dead. Like it's not just living by example. It's living for yourself. You have to give yourself love in order to give other people love. And if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't show other people how to take care of themselves and so on and so forth. It's more about loving yourself. That's the most important thing. If that makes any sense.
0: No, of course it is,
1: because it's like, it's
0: like the number one meme on Facebook. You have to love yourself before you love somebody else, right? Exactly.
1: But that's not where I got it.
0: I know you didn't, right?
1: <laughs> I don't use Facebook.
0: <laughs> I know. I know you didn't, right? I'm just throwing that out there, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, well, I'm saying I'm very honored to be having a conversation with you. And I want to be the most truthful person I could possibly be in my life. And so thank you for that. I'm very scared about where love is out in the world. You helped me realize that I actually agree with you. And that's not our goal here on the Mixed Message Show. We are not here to like g- get along no, or not. share common beliefs, right? We're here to have conversations that will hopefully
1: lead to breakthroughs. Would you agree? Yes. And would you say that I've helped you reach a breakthrough in your own mind? You have, absolutely have racked
0: my mind. On something that's very scary to me, actually. Well, it shouldn't be all that scary. I take fear on very, you know, very in my own way. Right? Very head so really, on. Yeah, very, very head on. Right. I guess head strong, man. <laughs> I do. Right. Right. So I'm not like crippled by this nah, information man. by any means. You right. You pick up I'm your just, sword and shield
1: and you go I, at it. I do. It. <laughs> right. Let I me mean,
0: just go get it. Right.
1: Who is we? That's you.
0: <laughs> me and all the voices of there. My head. You go. Which okay. personality <laughs> is it today, man? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Which one am I talking to today? <laughs> a little
0: bit like that, depending on which album I listen to, which song I listen to. <laughs> oh, great. To, right? I've got rock like, and rolly who's today. going to up for me, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I am fundamentally 100% in agreement with you. Love is at risk, people. Love is at risk. We are facing a very serious battle here, and we have lots of enemies that we can make up. We have lots of concepts of who's the enemy, but what I believe Matt has helped transformationally moved me to another place that's going to make me a better me for you, is is that the battle is who's stealing our love away, and are we giving up on it, and what can we do to make sure we don't lose our love, and. I think it is absolutely one of the greatest pandemics and is as scary as anything else you've seen about numbers of people losing their life on CNN. So we'll leave it to that. We've had the conversation. We are two gentlemen sitting down at a table of far-reaching age groups. I'm 48, about ready to turn 49 on February 5th. Matt is, will you give us your age, please?
1: I'm 22.
0: 22 years old, and you wouldn't know the difference. We are two men having a very sincere conversation. Age had nothing to do with it,
1: right? The only thing age did is show us that there's numbers between us, but it didn't show the fact that there was any mental differences. There is absolutely no mental difference. I trust you, man. And I trust you, Heath. I want to build something with you. Name it. As as a friendship, right? Then by all means.
0: I'm committed to loving you by building your trust and building and doing the thing. I'm not trying to make some kind of, like, crazy sincere moment here on a a podcast don't worry about it but what you've taught me about love makes it very easy for me to have next steps to have you be a part of our loving life and I very much appreciate that man I thank you for having me awesome you heard it here first people mix messages again hear the drum beats and man let your mind wander mix messages mix messages mix messages mix messages (laughs) messages messages
2: messages 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 messages